Don't be the victim. Take control. No excuses. Keep your head up. Do what you are able. Let God handle the rest. And don't live in fear. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country, and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmen. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits it's a podcast. I'm Brian Carmi, and uh, here with Dale Carmi, and welcome back again for the second special episode, Ken Carmi and Jim Carmi. Hey, guys. Hello. Good day, mate. <laughs> we got an Aussie in the house. We uh, Last week, we shared uh, one of our dad's radio shows uh, from, I think, early 80s called Moments with Fred, and he was talking about troubles, and this week is kind of his part two of that, where he... Kind of talks about solutions to the troubles. Um, so excited to share that with you. And then we will uh, talk through kind of our takeaways and, and some some breakdown, as they say. That's what they say. So before we go into it, any thoughts, guys? I'm excited to hear what he has to say. I thought last episode was great and I think there's more to come. Yeah, the age old, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Let the teacher We're speak. Ken right. Without further ado, Fred Carmi, Troubles Part 2. Good morning and welcome back to Moment with Fred, a weekly presentation on WBBP radio station. In my last broadcast, I promised you some solutions, or should I say, some suggestions to problem solving. Managing troubles requires intelligence, patience, and understanding of the nature of that problem. Rule number one, consider the problem as a new experience, a new challenge, a new step to go up and forward, an occasion to learn more and to work harder. You always learn more when you lose, said a champion boxer. If you can, try to forget. If you don't, you might end up with more. If you are asked to handle a task or faced with a problem, be thankful that your company, your husband, your wife, your friend, or even other relatives has the confidence in your ability to handle it. You should welcome the challenge and the opportunity to better yourself. Rule number two, have yourself a private trouble tree, and every night when you come home or go to bed, you mentally hang on all the day's troubles. Put them to bed on that tree and don't let them get into the house. And in the morning, pick them up again to work on them in your office. And if you are retired, simply think them over. You will soon find out that some of these problems will go away and the rest are not as bad as first thought to be. Your subconscious mind will work on them for you during the night. Thus, you save your family and have a relaxing and restful night. Rule number three, crying and brooding over a problem will not help. Crying might sometimes wash a woman's spirit and give her a lift, 
but this is a temporary relief. Try to shift your problems from the mind and the heart to the shoulders. Shoulders are wider and can carry heavier loads. Marcus Aurelius once said, Nothing happens to any man which is not formed by nature to bear. End of a quote. If the environment is constantly reminding you of certain hardships or memories, leave it. If your job is not rewarding, change it. And if the climate is not agreeing with you, move to somewhere else. If your friend is being nuisance, tell him or tell her so. If what you have been doing is getting to be routine, do something else. Rule number four. Let us face it, there are no trouble-free jobs, no trouble-free families, no trouble-free lives, no trouble-free world. And the sooner we recognize that, the better it is and the happier we will be. This is the law of life in the natural, and it is the law of life in the spiritual. There is no making without breaking. Our need is to learn to live in an imperfect world, and not to live with all the troubles we ever had, all the troubles we have now, and all we expect to have. When we were learning English, I remember my teacher giving us the stunk twister, never trouble trouble till trouble troubles you. Dr. Charles Elliott, president of Harvard University, stated it in a different way when he said, I try to cultivate a calm nature expectant of good. He had trained himself to expect everything about his work and his life to turn out all right in the long run. He did not permit himself to fret over what might happen or go wrong. Elizabeth Maryworth Gilmer, who had more problems than you and I can ever have, had a very good philosophy that we all can adopt. She said, I stood yesterday, I can stand today, and I will not permit myself to think about what might happen tomorrow. Trouble are endless. They are part of life. The trick is to learn to boss them around. I agree that there are periods in life of when our troubles and discouragements come in bunches and seem to be more than we can bear. These are the hours of testing and of accumulating valuable experiences to sharpen our character and develop our maturity. Rule number five, man's number one enemy is fear. Not knowing what the future holds for us, but should know who holds the future. We fear the unknown. We fear the consequences of making the wrong decision. We fear that we might fail at some task. We fear we might be criticized. We fear we might lose our jobs. We fear we might lose our boyfriends and girlfriends. We fear we might lose our loved ones. We fear illness, and we even fear death that none of us can do anything about, and even the best of us will taste it. Here's a piece of advice. Never go out to hunt for old man trouble, but if he gets in your path, meet him head on. Turn on the lights and the darkness will disappear. Don't pray for easy life. Pray to be stronger men and women. Don't pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. And above all, be good, do good, and love goodness, and you will be all right.
This is a Fred Call Me on Moment with Fred, reminding you that space looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. All right, welcome back. Um, guys, I got to say, this man was epic. Oh, my goodness. What a blessing it is. What a pleasure it is to hear his words. Uh, he's speaking life, and 40 years after, roughly, he recorded these words. Here we are, his kids, sitting here getting to hear it and, and having those words still still speak to us. I, I mean, I just, again... I think it's, I said it last time. I just wow, right? That's that's kind of all I can say is wow. Well, I'm going to say more. <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought we were done. So, um, who who wants to jump in? Uh, I will. Um, I, I had uh, jotted some notes, and one of the things I talked or I mentioned was he always talked about learning from your mistakes, and he talked about that here, and he always. In sports, the only position that he knew in any sport was what? Quarterback. 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 You weren't the quarterback? You weren't doing Why anything. were you on the field? Yeah. I found it interesting that he used a boxer as an example here, but <laughs> going back to the quarterback thing, which was dad's favorite position, I always find it interesting how a quarterback is out on the field, running in plays, throws an interception. He has to go back to the sideline and completely put that out of his mind before he goes back out there. It's completely ruined the rest of the game. I mean, he plays with insecurity from then on. And I think that's kind of dad's thing here. You know, learn from your mistakes, move on, look at the film, see what you did wrong, go back in. Yep. And uh, I just found that, first of all, I thought the boxer thing was interesting, but dad and his quarterback position. I think it's classic using a sports analogy to – it's going to summarize what dad was saying. And he was not, was not so a sports funny. enthusiast. No, I was, I was listening with Corey and I said, you believe that? Did he use boxing? Was not, not at all a sport fan. And there it is. So, yeah, I, I mean, I have down, uh, you know, he's talking about now he's talking about troubles. So this episode is kind of like the solutions, right? How do you problem solve your troubles? And, and rule number one, he had consider the problem a new challenge and an opportunity. Learn more and work harder, harder, and be thankful others have confidence in you to handle the challenge, which is kind of what you're saying here about the, the quarterback. But mm -hmm. again, it's this idea of not hiding from, not cowering from the problems, but embracing the challenge, learn from it. And if there are other people looking at you that have that confidence, step up to the plate. Yeah, that, that's a big one for me. Um, you know, as, as our business has grown and, and we move more into leadership roles and less into uh, the day-to-day -day activities, usually the things that rise to the top are problems and challenges. And I deal with that and you end up, you have, you know, five meetings in a day and everyone's a different problem. It's sometimes... Yep challenging to to deal with that and not be looking at moving forward. You're looking at dealing with challenges and I, I've, you know, in, in leading leaders, helping other people that, you know, are moving into positions of leadership and they say, man, I, I'm just dealing with all the bad stuff. I'm getting all the crap. And you are can, you allowed to say that on the radio? I, wow. If not, Bethany will bleep it out. <laughs> Dad would not have had that. <laughs> Get out the soap. <laughs> But one of the things in dealing with all of that stuff 
um, is is realizing that you are counted worthy to be able to deal with to that. deal with. And you know, and we I talk to, to people that are stepping into a leadership position that are sometimes frustrated by it, and trying to help them reframe that to say, listen, don't be frustrated by it. Be thankful that you are considered worthy to handle those problems. And whether that's, you know, your, your company or your peers, your family that have counted you worthy to bring those problems to you, or you can, you know, focus spiritually and say that God has given you this problem and said, I know you're capable of handling this. Um, that's just a, a reframing that's been important to me. That's yeah. pretty powerful, BK. Well, thanks. He's a powerful, powerful man. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a there's a consistent theme that comes through about living in the moment and and uh, and taking things head on and um, that really will move you forward or it will stifle you if you are retreating and pulling away from these things. But he comes back to it time and time again. He refers to and he did in the first one um, that he didn't have an appreciation for crying. Like uh, I don't want to hear it. Uh, don't be a victim. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. Um, and he uh, he would be frustrated, but he never, I don't know who he would go to for for counsel, but he, he would really just engage and take on challenges uh, personally, daily. And uh, and that's, I, I'll say, and, and the analogy here with you guys, I've said it to you, Brian, and I don't get a chance to talk to you too much, Dale. But you guys are so wrapped up. Wow. <laughs> We're in the same great. office. Yeah. <laughs> but the things that I know are rolling up to you and you're dealing with, you know, I sometimes think, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, you are consistently uh, put in a position to make a decision, and that's what he's saying. You know, deal with it, make a decision, move on. Deal with it, make a decision, move on. And getting to the end, he talks about goodness. When you wrote goodness into all this and make it to do what right. You know, yep. there's a translation to all these different things he's saying that are very pertinent. And you listen to podcasts and things today. It's like he's saying the same thing, just a little different way. Yeah. So you just said it, Ken and Brian, you were talking about earlier that in business, we are at a point where, where we, we deal most of what we deal with is trouble. Sometimes there's some positive things, relationships, what have you, but it's usually issues. And how do you handle that? Rule number two. The personal trouble tree. <laughs> and I've got to be honest. The first time that I, I've listened to this, you know, I have dozens of times now I've, I have it on my phone and I find it enjoyable. But when he, when he first talked about the personal trouble tree, I snickered a little bit and thought, okay, this one he might be out of touch on. This one, I think maybe you missed it, Dad, right? And that's what I'm thinking. And as I thought about it more and more, um, there was a night where I was at home and, and I just realized how powerful that really is. Now, whether you physically or you know have a mental picture that when you get home, you're hanging something on a, a trouble tree, just the idea of compartmentalizing and saying, okay, I've dealt with this problem for the day. I need to go be present with my family or I need to go into this other meeting and be present in this and not be thinking about that and being able to, to shift your mind, how powerful that really is. So while the, the image might've been a little corny to me at first, the, the philosophy behind it is so powerful. Yeah. And, and I think that goes other ways too. You, you can't necessarily bring troubles you're dealing with at home 
into the workspace either. Um, your, your word compartmentalizing or, or dealing with what you can deal with. But when you change your environments and you go from work to home, when you shift from one environment to the other, you, you put it aside. And, and yeah, I never envisioned the tree outside of hearing what dad said, but I like that. I like that visual. I like Take this stuff, put it there. Uh, you know, you're, you're coming home, you get to be home and be with your family, be with your kids and not be impacted at home based on what, the things you're dealing with at work. That the trouble tree uh, comment as well. Um, one of the things about doing that is sometimes if you put it there and walk away from it, when you come back to it, it's not maybe as significant as it was when you left it there. Um, some troubles will go away and the rest may not be as bad as you thought. I wrote down um, my roommate from college who also was, is a forever lawn team member, Matt Kovacic had a calendar on our on our dresser in our dorm room, and it was one of those tearaways. It had um, it had a quote from Calvin Coolidge, and it said that it was Cal says you may see ten troubles coming at you, and nine will fall off the road by the time they get there, and um, that kind of tied into this, and it, it just one of those things where you may not have as many there on the tree. Once you go back out and mantle yeah. them again. Yep. Let it rest. Let it simmer. And it allows you to sometimes get a different perspective because when you're in the moment, you've got one focus and you see it one way. When you set it down and come back later, you have a different perspective. Absolutely. All right. Ken already hit on number three. Crying won't help. <laughs> and the fact that that's crying and brooding. Top to crying and brooding. That right. is correct. You think that was after an experience with one of us? Uh, it sounded like it might have been after an experience with mom <laughs> with because mom. he That's said right. <laughs> it may wash a woman's soul for a moment. Oh, there you go. But it won't solve the problem. But I would be willing to bet there's a chance she was crying on our behalf, <laughs> <laughs> trying to protect us from something. Um, but yeah, I, that was interesting. And I don't know um, if he would have felt differently raising girls. I know I raised. Uh, six girls and the emotional roller coaster and the emotion that was there was quite different than, you know, what we were raised with. Uh, we were, uh, we were not really tied in tune with each other's emotions other than competitive and just uh, crying really was not acceptable beyond <laughs> just three or four, five. I, I don't know what it was. Um, but I, I think there was a deal with it mentality that came with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think, I mean, I don't think he's, he's necessarily talking about the emotional crying here because he said it may what wash a woman's soul or what have you, nice. but he's talking about troubles. And if you cry about your trouble, if you brood, if you pout, if you Why woe is you? me, yes. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm down and out and I can't believe this happened to me. That doesn't get you anywhere. And he said, Shift your problems. I I love this, and I can't remember who if Marcus if Aurelius said, Marcus Aurelius said yes. that. No, this yeah, one might I, be different. Marcus Aurelius was we're built for this in nature, but this is shift your problems from your mind and head to your shoulders because your shoulders can yeah. bear more. That's that image of right. That's grit. Yeah, right. That's that's dipping your shoulder. That's leaning into it. It's taking it on. Uh, you, you know, don't cry, don't pout, don't sit in the corner, don't woe is me, and get on it, yeah. get on it, and make it happen. One of the forever long Fs. I, 
Yeah. Which one? Grit. 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 Oh, okay. I thought you meant action. (laughs) But that's the one word I had written down there, shifting it from your mind and and heart to your shoulders. was just action. At some point, stop thinking about it and do something about it. He also mentioned, um, you know, he said, uh, don't stay in the environment of the problem. And he did that. I mean, he was fed up with teaching, and what did he do? He walked away from it. He wasn't. He was close to retirement, and he walked away without retiring. He just wanted out and started the pressure washing business and did the house flipping before house flipping was something uh, that was big. Um, and you know, he he lived what he preached. Yeah, I, I liked his list. If you don't like your environment, leave it. If you don't like your job, change it. If you don't like the climate, move. If your friend is a nuisance, tell them, right? Don't, don't run and start gossiping and tell somebody else. Address it. And if you're stuck in doing a routine, you're getting bored with a routine, do something else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, you just said it, Jim, but he lived that. You could write down that list. He did. That, that, was, that was him to a Fred T. Oh. See what I did there? <laughs> did there. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, I, so I I thought that list was great, and and I, I love rule number three. That that might be my favorite. All right, and then number four. Face it, there is no trouble-free life, and just learning to accept that we're going to we live in an imperfect world. We're going to not have a world without problems, but it's how we deal with those and how we face them. And I, th- I think there, uh, w- we need to be cognizant of the fact that everybody's in that space. I mean, every one of us has issues that we deal with. And sometimes we have, this is really not pertaining to what we're talking about. We have, we have to have grace for everybody else, too. Sometimes it's like, wow, that guy's kind of snippy with me. Or, oh, I can't believe and the reaction. You don't know what, that per- what problem that person's dealing with. They need to compartmentalize them as well. That was a hard word. Um, but it's one of those things where we need to make sure that we keep that in mind whenever we're dealing with other people. I think there's the uh, sense that the grass is greener on the other side. Hmm. Bring it back to social media. Yeah. Uh, one of the things with social media is it looks like somebody's living a life that you want to live. And there's it's kind of problem free and trouble free and, Boy, look at them. They've got it all worked out. And uh, the reality is, if you were in their shoes, there's probably um, situations you're unaware of that you wouldn't want to deal with anyway. So uh, I think the whole mentality of um, just deal with things head on. Don't, you know, don't be envious. But these problems are a gift. Work them improve as a result of them and quit wishing you were in somebody else's shoes. Yeah. He, um, I just lost my place there, but he had no, no making without breaking. Um, but I like learn to live in an imperfect world. And some of these are themes we keep coming back to, but if we expect that we're living Right. This is that expectation. We think everything's going to be perfect and we get rocked when it isn't. Yep. And if you realize guys, we're, we're in a fallen world. We're in a world where there's troubles. We're going to have troubles. Things are going to happen. 
And if you know that, then you're better prepared and better able to live with and deal with the troubles and work through them, work over them, get past them and get to the other side. And, and we say sometimes life is a story, right? And, and you think about any good story, any good movie, the, the, the largeness or the, the size of the challenge or problem that's encountered usually makes the story better, right? The bigger the problems, the bigger the victory. And you, you sometimes, somehow when you see somebody else, you miss that and you think, boy, they must have it easier. It must be nice to, you know, uh, be trouble free and have that success or whatever. But it's the, it's the challenge. It's the hurdle. It's the mountain you've got to climb that makes the story good. And if I can throw in another point of context, dad kept mentioning all these people. He quoted that, uh, a quote from, or he said something about Elizabeth and Mary Worth Gilmer having a lot of problems. <laughs> so I looked her up. She is actually a columnist, uh, an advice columnist. Her name, she went by Dorothy Dix. And she um, wrote, had everybody else's problems written into her. So that was the reference about her. Nobody she had, had any a problems lot of like problems. <laughs> so, but anyway, that was one of those fun to know facts. Yeah. So, so what do we think about the tongue twister? I loved it. Never trouble trouble till trouble troubles you. So we were saying it doesn't feel like much of a tongue twister. It's an alliteration. But... If, if you spoke a different language and you weren't used to English, that may yes. be very difficult to say. There you it's go. Coming from, coming from um, an Arabic-speaking nation, maybe that, maybe that is a real tongue twister for them. But the content behind it is good. There's enough challenge out there. You deal with the things in front of you. Don't go looking for more problems. Don't look for trouble. That you don't need to take on. Don't poke the bear. That's right. So uh, at, at the end of rule number four, before we get to rule number five, I've written down troubles will happen. Learn to boss them around. I love that. Troubles come in bunches. Sometimes it's more than we can bear. We have hours of testing when they'll come on us and they'll hit us. But continue to build character and build maturity. I, I just... Not a whole lot more to say. I think those lines say it all for me, but not, that that was pretty powerful. Yeah, and I, I think to me, the fact that he threw that in there, I mean, he was, he was very optimistic, but he wasn't Pollyanna. He wasn't, you know, pretending like problems didn't exist. He was just saying, deal with it and move on. Understand it's a part of life. All right. Uh, lesson or, or solution number five. I was going to let one of you guys say what it is. Well, I'll jump in. If, do, you, do you got it? Scouring Ken, do you know what it notes. is? You got your notes? Uh, my writing's so bad. <laughs> so I'll give, you, I'll give you the rule and then you can con comment. It's the number one enemy is fear. And then he said, know who holds the future, which is God. Um, we often fear the unknown. He says, don't fear the unknown. Don't, don't live in fear. I would say man's number one enemy is Satan, but Satan creates in the fear. The fear. tactic is fear, yeah. But, yeah. There, there's fear, fear is paralyzing. And there were some things that, uh, Dale, you remember, uh, even 
uh, speaking up in Sunday oh. school class with three or four of us, and it's kind of like <laughs> totally <laughs> choking up, choking for no no reason, but just very self conscious about. Well, we'd spend something. we'd do like we'd be sitting in a circle, and they'd you'd read a verse or read a section, and then the next person would go. Yeah, we'd spend the whole class counting and seeing when we were up. And we were so worried about reading, I probably never heard anything <laughs> that was happening up to that point. And I think that's what it was. Just terror. And it, that would have been a poor conversationalist, you know, thinking of what you're going to say instead of listening. But, um, again, when you're a child, you're a child. And there were things that, um, uh, principles that were instilled in us that helped us to overcome, you know, the shortcomings. But I had a terrible, terrible fear of speaking in front of groups and audiences. And I remember at Mount Union, uh, to graduate, you had to take the speech class. And I was putting it off, putting it off, senior year. <laughs> I did the same thing. I took freshman speech my senior year. I took it in summer school because I stayed <laughs> up there. I uh, worked in the computer lab over the summer, and I took it thinking, okay, this is good. There won't be anybody there. And they invited all kinds of faculty, staff, janitors, <laughs> and I was shocked and dismayed when I wanted to give this speech. And... uh Believe it or not, I was so self-conscious at that point in time that I literally choked, shut down in the middle of it. And uh, there was two times that happened, and it was one of those things I had to overcome. But, you know, what's what's really to fear? But it's crippling. It's crippling. And I'll give credit to the Amway business because oh, yeah. there was a system there where we went out and uh, worked, worked um, basic principles and practices and built confidence. And really, that was... That business was was that was life changing, life changing, informative for me. Um, but it was it was fear, and it was one of those things. I either had to take it on at some point, or it was going to cripple cripple me for life. And uh, that's the whole concept behind that. Don't hide from it. And for a while, I did. I, I hid behind it, and uh, don't know why it wasn't rational. Right at some point, you had to take it on. And, 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 and yeah. you know, I, I dealt with the same fears. We had to take it on. And if we would have stepped up and done it early, we'd have probably had a much easier path Yeah, along the way. You have no fear now. Oh, no, more yeah. than you know. <laughs> I think one of the things that jumped out at me from what Dad was saying, he talked about most of the things we fear are things we can't do anything about. We fear things about things that will happen outside of our control. We fear things about the future. We fear even death. And it's something everyone is going to deal with. And, you know, you just have to realize, you know, I, uh, we had Damon West come in and speak and he talked about, you know, you, you look at the things that are on your line. What are the things that you have impact or influence over? Those are the things you worry about. The things that aren't on your line that are somebody else's, you know, on God's line or somebody else, you just have to let those go. You can't control them. There's nothing you can do about it. So, don't spend your time worrying about it or fearing those things. Just be ready to adapt. Yeah. All right. I love the line. Never hunt for old man trouble, but if he gets in your path, meet him head on. Mm. Uh, that, that, again, that's, it's, it's just, I, I can see dad run head first into problems, not looking for them. Right. Not going out of his way to do something that's going to cause a problem or hunt for trouble. But man, if it was there, he did not back down. With his with the business, and you guys will relate to, to working with him. 
He did jobs, and we talked about this in a, in a previous podcast, but he would take on things that we said, nah, there's... You can't do we it. We can't mm-hmm. do that. We shouldn't be trying. <laughs> but he wasn't looking for those things in particular, but he was um, selling a solution, and that solution he was going to figure out. And if those uh, those problems fell in under the umbrella of this is the solution, he would figure them out, right? Yeah. And... That was, I think, very formative for all of us because um, I think we all have been blessed with the ability to solve problems um, logically and kind of attack things. And uh, it amazes me to this day that that is not um, a natural thing that not not everybody has it. Let's put it that way. And so whenever you're... Um, I don't know. It just it surprised me. Surprised me sometimes. I'm talking to people, and they're not really problem solvers. But Dad would, we he would, um, not emulate it. What's it called? He would uh, model it. He'd model that behavior, yep. and and it's. I think it's in every one of us. Well, and I'm glad it is. And I think it's also it's a learned skill. Yeah. Like, I think there are some people that are naturally better at it, but it's also something that the more you do it, the more you get better Good at it. Point. And, and yeah. I would. You know, if you get the opportunities to look at something and, and try to find the solution, try and find the, the answer for it, that will make it better for you the next time you encounter one of those problems. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good exercise and a practice to try and stretch yourself with those opportunities. So he had down <clears throat> light chases away darkness. He said, don't pray for the easy life. Pray to be stronger men and women. And he talked about um, don't pray for or don't ask for tasks that are equal to what you're capable of, your powers, but ask for powers that are equal to the task at hand. So I thought I that think was those powerful. All, yeah, I was, uh, that was powerful. That. All good, good nuggets to take there. And then this kind of closing line was be good, do good, love goodness, right? You will be all right. And you, you referenced that at the beginning, Ken, but... And we all, all often talk about Brian. Um, if you believe what you're doing is good, and if you believe what you're doing is right, you believe it's part of your purpose, then it, you can go out and that can inspire you to do anything. And that that was so neat to hear that. Be good, do good, and love goodness. Um, I, I thought that was a great wrap up. Yeah, and I, I just you you hit on this, but I I had it down, and it, and it was something that I was thinking the other night. It said, "Turn on the light, and the darkness will disappear." And I, I you know, I think God, God was really thinking when He used the light metaphor, right? I mean, like how darkness can never overcome light. You could have the smallest light; darkness can't put it out. Light always wins. Now that doesn't mean the smallest light's going to overtake all of the darkness in the world. But you can never have, like, darkness doesn't have any power other than the absence of light. So as dark as situations get, as bleak as things get, as long as we shine the light, darkness has no power. And and to me, that reframes fear, right? You don't have to fear the darkness because mm-hmm. it has no power over you. There's our marching orders. There you go. Go be a light. So any any wrap-up words? We're, we're at the end here. Uh, I'm filled up with this one. And I, I'm just, I really enjoy this. Hopefully we have opportunity to, to do this in the future. But um, And hopefully people are listening to this, as you say, Dale, and sharing it. Because 
I listen just like Jim said earlier, um, and I. It, it really there's a lot of learnings in this. Uh, yes, there's stories that we can relate to that Jim and I know, but um, the teachings that are hidden gems in in what Dad's saying. I think there's a lot of hidden gems all through every one of the podcasts that I've listened to, and uh, and they're enjoyable. So hopefully this one is enjoyable too. But well, it's it has, a lot of fun. It has been for me. Yeah. I, and it, my uh, my my summary on this one was overriding message is don't be the victim, take control, no excuses, keep your head up, do what you are able, let God handle the rest, and don't live in fear. That's pretty good. Wouldn't it be cool if 20, 30, 40 years from now, our kids dust off these recordings and listen to them the way we're listening to dads? You know, I, I hope they're so Grand good kids. that you don't even have to dust them off. I hope they're just out there. <laughs> I, hope, I hope maybe our kids can get more out of them now than we got out of dads when we listened to them in the moment. There you Fair go. enough. But, man, what a great opportunity. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank um, you. Love love having you with us. Love doing life together. And what a great blessing we have uh, in dad and, and just in the opportunities we've been given. So for those of you listening, um, hope you had a a, a uh, a good time listening in to us uh, dissect uh, what dad had to say. And hopefully there were some nuggets in there that you can take and apply to your life. Um, if there were, we'd love to hear that. Let us know. You can email us podcast at foreverline. You can, uh, you know, find us on social media impact without limits. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what uh, pieces of information you found valuable and, and what you were able to take away. So with that, we will see you next week. God bless. Go be people of impact. This is the Thread Army reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.